Welcome, my friends. It is time. It is time for the Scopies 2022 edition. Um, glad y'all are here. Hope you had a wonderful 2022 hardcore season. Um, yeah, uh, just if this is your first time here, welcome. Um, this is the goddamn best hardcore show in existence. And today we're going to be looking back uh, at the year behind us when it comes to hardcore and giving out some awards and some kudos to all the bands and people and record labels that helped make this year hella sick. And uh, for if this is your first time here, this project originally started uh, at the end of 2020, you know, still in lockdown up here in Canada. And I would just kind of wanting just to do a random one-off podcast to talk about, you know, my favorite records of the year. But um, what ended up happening is, you know, that became something that I saw people wanted to pay attention to and wanted to tune in for. So last year was the first year we did an actual form that people could vote for stuff and, you know, wanted to continue with that trend and keep this going year over year. So I'm very excited to be getting into all the awards and the nominees um, but it is an absolute must to introduce my co-host for the Scopies 2022 um, this year, which is none other, the great, the almighty Jack of what it takes. Um, this is someone that, you know, when it comes to talking about hardcore is a the first person that comes to mind. And when it comes to ho co-hosting the Scopies, there was no other person I felt perfect for this role. So Jack, thank you for helping us, you know, celebrate this year and, uh, and co-hosting for this event for us. You're more than welcome. Honestly, it's a, it's a privilege and an honor to be here. Absolutely. Yes. I'm very, very excited. Um, you know, there's a ton of awesome nominees and very crucial categories and, and titles to be given away. So uh, without further ado, like I think we can just jump right into it because I'm sure people listening who voted are just eager uh, in anticipation to know if their votes um, were, you know, as effective to to grant those titles. So, um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. So, All right. first category that we're getting right into, um, demo of the year. Um, Jack, when you think of hardcore in 2022 and demos. Um, you know, this is kind of the second year in the post pandemic kind of era. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen a bunch of like new bands start to come up. And I think 2022 was no exception. But when you think of demos specifically, does anything come to mind that stood out to you this year? Yeah, no, I think um, this year obviously had a, a few demos come out where they were just kind of plastered all over social media. and You couldn't really get around like people talking about them. Like the, the X Weapon X demo, I mean, obviously, like that came out right before their first show at LDB and people love that shit. I mean, the, the streaming numbers are pretty crazy on it. I, I, of course, and I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, uh, big fan of the ankle biter demo. That thing is was one of my choices uh, when I filled out the form and honestly, like probably my favorite demo of the year if I had to think about it. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's there, there's been a lot of good stuff coming up, but I feel like it's been more of a an lp kind of year more like more full lengths uh, and less on the demo and ep side but it's still pretty good contenders yeah and uh yeah i think the you know there's 
you know, something I may I may have added at the at the top of the episode before we get into all these like the nominations for all this is obviously there's a bias. There's always going to be a bias when it comes to the the bands and stuff that we picked. But I still feel pretty confident of us hitting, you know, a large amount of bases when it comes to all the stuff that we felt were heavy contenders in all these categories. Um, but for demo, I, I totally agree. Like the web, the X Weapon X demo, I think the first demo of this year that really caught my attention was the twist of Kane one um mm. just like again having a lot of you know veteran california hardcore dudes kind of coming together to put that on and uh you know uh thinking of jesse uh from abrasion uh who's been on the podcast before that was like his first real like recording project and i think it sounds oh, wow. sick as hell um but yeah a lot of these um were heavy hitters. Um, the Winter Circle demo that we added uh, was something that I fought for because I vividly remember Endgame being on tour and just being so like, um, we were staying at a friend's house and they they were putting that on and I was like, I, nothing that they were talking about, you know, post show hangouts. I was like, what is this band from Australia and what is this demo and you know, S's are replaced with dollar signs and Z's are replaced as well. Um, but yeah, that was something that I fought for. And I and I hope with all of these nominees, if someone is voting for something, they're still going to check out, you know, Take It in Blood or Dead at Birth, um, you know, oh, yeah. to be like, oh, like, you know, I've never heard of this, but like, it's up here. So I want to at least do do some research on that front. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about uh, filling out forms like this. Like, even if you pick something like, if you pick Twist of Kane or Warner Circle, you still have like four other demos to check out that if you haven't already. And it's going to expand, broaden your palette. And honestly, like, this might be one of the toughest categories that we have here. Cause, like, honestly, <laughs> you know how much I love uh, both the Dead at Birth uh, demo and the X Weapon X and Angle Biter. So it's hard <laughs> to pick between those two and pick out which one was going to survive. But, um, yeah, no, I think we've we've got a good list here. Yeah, so um, you know, depending if this is a brand new band to some or a side pro side project to others, um, you know, this is a a pretty hefty title because demo of the year, in my opinion, is kind of like getting that title, whether it's uh someone's top ten list or the Scopies. It's kind of like, oh, what is that band gonna do in twenty twenty three and the other years to come? So, um, Jordan. If you will, will you please list off all the nominees for um, for this category? The 2022 Scoping nominees for Demo of the Year are Anklebiter, Dead at Birth, Take It in Blood, Twist of Cain, Weapon X, Winner Circle, and the winner is Weapon X. Wow. There we go. Um, Weapon X was a one a nominee that I anticipated to be in the mm -hmm. top two for sure. Um, I vividly remember when that was dropped because that was the same day that Endgame dropped our our latest single, and mm -hmm. I remember listening to it. I was flying somewhere for work, and I was listening to it like you know on my phone speaker at the airport just being like holy fuck and to see you know the ldb reaction and while there was reaction to those sets and the fact that that band has only played two shows and 
is is doing the numbers that are it's it's very exciting and you know seeing that they have a couple other shows in the midst of you know the knock loose and inclination schedules being very hefty um is exciting exciting to see um was was this your pick i i know that for this category we did uh pick two but um i don't know if that made your your top so yeah like i mentioned before i had to pick between those three and obviously i picked ankle biter because i mean that's just something about that demo that just makes me want to go in a frenzy but i had to side with dead at birth as my second choice but honestly like the the, the weapon x demo i think maybe people are, are finally ready to hear like an aggressive pissed off like hate-filled edge band that's really yes. fucking heavy like i i think it's time to bring some of that shit back um there's a band if i can remember the name of it that was based out of um it was based out of pa uh Molly used to be in it. I don't know if you remember from his episode when he mentioned the agitator. Agitator, yes. uh, that was like the bread and butter, like hate edge band. Like you could crush your fucking enemies to it. And I feel like mm -hmm. this is falling right up in that alley. And I'm curious to see what happens with them next year. Like obviously the schedules for both of those bands, you know, um, Inclination and Knock Loose are going to be pretty busy. But like if they can even manage to play a handful more shows, I think they're going to continue to climb up and up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I just did a, a podcast. This will be a little tease, but I did a podcast with Ace um, from uh, Mutually Assured, Assured Destruction and Form Fashion, and we mm. were talking about Moly and Agitator. And I remember the first exposure that I had to Agitator was a 856 clip, and I think the there's someone on stage that says, if you're not straight edge, don't mosh, or something <laughs> like that. So I think that same mantra of the heaviness and the pissed nature, like, Weapon X is like a straight edge band to maybe kick the beer can out of someone's hand during a set. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hoping to see more than just two shows in 2023. But here's to hoping. Um, Jordan, uh, can you tell me how many people voted for that and the the runner, the uh, silver and bronze, I guess, in that category as well? So we had 432 people vote. Uh, Weapon X with 215 votes. Second place, Twist of Kane with 131. Okay. And then third place, Anklebiter with 102. Okay. Right. I um, you know, when when we set these things up, I always have to check on the back end just to make sure that people are voting and things are working. I anticipated Anklebiter being if not first second for sure, but I guess mm -hmm. I remember when we did the the post to to help remind people there was a lot of twisted twist of Canians that were like coming through to to support them. So, um, what was the twist of cane compared to ankle biter like uh, gap vote wise? Uh, it would be twenty nine votes. Oh wow, that's close. Pretty slim. Yeah. Yeah. So this this just goes to show that your vote matters when it comes to the scopies. So, um, so yeah, well. Congratulations to Weapon X, uh, all hardworking uh, straight edge individuals, and uh, you know, I I know I know Dave was excited to to see that that they were nominated, and uh, yeah, I if you haven't listened to that demo yet, you know, wa watch out because uh, <laughs> Weapon X coming for you. Um, let's move on to category number two, which is we're moving away from a uh, a release scopey to give away and we're going to give a scopey away to content creator of the year um 
Jack, when it comes to people that, you know, you and I do different variations of content when it comes to um, the hardcore scene. Um, mm. So we we broadened it up this year a little bit, you know, instead of doing like a podcast or a videographer or a zine person and kind of just made it a little bit bigger. When you look at the the four nominees that we have, like, where does your mind go with people that you saw like hitting your feeds a lot more or people that were like making an impact um, based off whatever they do content wise? Well, I think all four of the, the content creators that we have listed here have done quite a lot. You know, over the pandemic, I feel like people really heavily relied on the Hate Five Six videos and still do, uh, despite there being live shows. And um, Discover Magazine, obviously, really heavily involved still. I think that's probably, I'm not really aware of like a lot of other magazines like them, but like I feel like they're on top of their game um, um, and ushering in kind of a new era of, of, of like magazine content and stuff like that, like Kerrang almost, but like a lot better. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, today, um i i listened to the the last episode of hard lore uh for this year and it's it was it was was brilliant and i think out of all the podcasts that have come about like from the pandemic on to now i feel like this has been one of the most like genuinely entertaining uh to see colin and Bo like have that kind of camaraderie and like like kind of like on on uh like on podcast battling with each other i think that's really funny they have a, a chemistry and then Stanley uh, Sievers, that's how you say his name? Sievers? Uh, Sievers, yeah. Sievers, yeah. Stanley Sievers, he's just a funny motherfucker. So, I mean, I mean he's, he's, <laughs> he's, good at, he's doing good shit, too. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, all these people deserve to be here. Yeah. I, you know, looking at this list now, um, it's kind of, I didn't realize this until, you know, just looking at it in front of me. But we have two nominees that are, you know, have spent, like, um, like hey five six for sure a decade and i think uh i think discovered is is a you know a 10 year strong as well mm. but then you look at something like Hardlore or stanley where stanley's been doing stuff for a long time but i feel like the mosh retirement tiktoks and those um iterations as far as his content stuff has only been within the last six months and hard has only been going, you know, since the spring, uh, spring, summertime as well. Yeah, so, I think like March or April. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have, you know, it's very easy just to look at like, you know, Hey, five, six, I feel like it would be wrong not to include in this list. Cause Sunny does so much for the scene, like not only just archiving stuff, but like, um, when it comes to content, it's just like, he is a is a waterfall, you know, and that river, in my opinion, will, you know, like will just continue on for for years and years to come. So it's kind of interesting that we have, you know, two quote unquote newcomers as well as two people that have been around for a long, long time. So, yeah, um, yeah I think all these people have done great things in their own right when it comes to content, whether it's written, podcast, digital, um, you know, memes, however you want to spin it, but only one of these people can be granted victor when it comes to content creator of the year. So Jordan, please list list off all the nominees as well as the winner for this category. The 2022 Scopey nominees for content creator of the year are Discovered Magazine, Hardcore, 856, Stanley Sievers, and the winner is Eight five six. That yeah. was to be expected. 
hard to combat the champion. <laughs> yes, it's a little hard to go against Sunny. I remember when we did the Scopies last year. I think Sunny had been nominated for a couple of things, and you know, you know, to, it totally makes sense for him to to take this title. Um, for him, I think he did his recap as far as the the amount he's always keeping track of the amount of sets he's filmed and put out yeah. in a specific year. And I think this year specifically was like he was like seventy. 70 sets away from clinching uh, a thousand in one year yeah which was like his main goal and honestly yeah. like i think sunny out of all people involved in like content creation he under he like is the master of the algorithm the algorithm mm -hmm. does not control the content he makes he is the master of all the social media uh algorithms out there so i mean it it just makes sense uh jordan can you tell us uh how many people voted for sunny and the runner-ups uh, of 432 responses, um, 53% of people voted for Hate Five Six. Okay. And then Hard Lore with 101 voters. And then wow. Stanley Seavers, 77. So, what percentage was Hard Lore? Because they were second place. 23.4. Oh, okay. So it, it, it seems it wasn't like a 50-50 and then, you know, everyone else got left in the dust. I think that remaining 25% is probably kind of yeah. split between those two. But uh, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to go against Goliath when it comes to uh, content and, and that kind of thing. So congrats to Sonny. Um, you know, you keep at it <laughs> as, as I know you are always. Um, I'm hoping that 2023 is the year that that uh, Sunny clinches that 1K when it comes to the amount of sets. Um, but 90, 923 or whatever it was that he posted is still something to absolutely earn this category for sure in this nomination. Oh yeah. So um, we're gonna take. So how we're setting up the flow of the Scopies is we're doing two main scopies and then this year is the first time that we're doing the kudo kudo awards and the thought process there was i wanted to still have you know us to be able to recognize bands without it being like here's it, these were categories where it was like there was only almost too many bands to pick from and the biases were too strong so we wanted just to open up this is more the conversational dialogue so we'll do a few of these and then we'll be back to the main scopies um and, you know, what's interesting, too, is this was the optional section of the form. So all of the main scopies were required um, for people to answer, but people could skip over the, the any of these, um, depending if they either didn't have an answer or they just wanted to move on. So the first Kudo Award that we're going to talk about is the Busy Bee. Um, and the description here was... Um, uh, let me just kind of scroll down on my document to find where the fuck that is. Um, which band was the most active in 2022? Um, would you hear that word active, Jack? Like, you know, because activity could be releasing music, touring, um, doing podcasts and interviews and online stuff. Um, where, when you think of like a band really getting out and doing stuff this year, um, who was your pick, and why do you think that band is uh is up there? So when I when I, the way I was thinking about the Busy Bee Kudo Award was like 
active in a more like broader sense because usually what people think oh how many shows you played how many tours you were on how many fests or whatever but i like to look at it as like did you how many like did you make a huge like jump uh from label to another label are you um like rebranding yourself how many how much like content and uh, music did you make in that period of time uh and the band that i chose was foreign hands uh i think honestly a band that if you would have told me what all they did this year at the beginning of the year i would have been pretty doubtful um uh no just them at all i just like would have been genuinely surprised because i mean mm-hmm. they released uh bleed the dream uh out on days i think in like march or april and then by august they had signed to sharp Pin records and mm-hmm. they're playing all these fests doing all these cool tours and it's just insane how much they've been able to do uh and just the market level of success that they've had on releasing those tracks so mm-hmm. uh, yeah i feel like it's for me they're they're undeniable mm-hmm. yeah they're they're a, a style of metalcore that I feel is done just right um, when it comes to the heaviness, but also adding like melodic nature in there as well. Um, And I do, and we've talked about this before, I think on the listen up series that we do together as well as just like in, 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 uh, in the DMS, as far as like that band putting out an awesome release and having that be the springboard to a much bigger label as well. Like uh, love days and days is doing great stuff for a lot of hardcore stuff, but um, there's other examples of bands that have moved to something like sharp tone. And then it's like the year to come will be monstrous. So I'm very mm-hmm. excited, um, for four hands and yeah, that's a great, um, coo- you know, band to, to, to suggest for this category. Um, mine, um, which definitely we're going to get into, you know, what the people said, but, um, this was something that I saw a lot of people mentioned as well but my vote was uh for the busy b award was to scowl um obviously scowl as soon as that band had like the the buzz it seemed like they were just popping up everywhere in 2021 and i think with them releasing their record later in the year i think it was like in october or -hmm. something um it was like this year was the year that like they took all of those new songs and just really, really pushed it. And, um, you know, to see them do headlining stuff to, uh, opening up for Limp Bizkit and just seeing cat almost hit up every single podcast. It felt like when it came to, you know, doing, doing interviews, um, you know, uh, Cole's been on, on the pod, on our podcast as well. Like that band is like, just go mode. And, but in a very like intentional way and i'm really like excited to see what will be you know the year to come for them um you know obviously like i'm sure a lot of people are anticipating a new record and so i'm Mm kind of curious on like how long they'll squeeze the you know um their last ep or lp as far as uh you know playing those songs but you know i heard them play one new song and act like you know and people were really? grooving and people were huh. moving so yeah how if you came for a second how, how was that new song because i'm curious of like what it sounds like compared to their older material um you know just off the top of my head i it was classic scowl but i i mm-hmm. felt 
as though it was intentionally written with two guitars. Because that's a new thing mm. within the Scal universe as okay. far as... Yeah. Uh, I don't know his name, but if you're listening, shout out. Um, dude that plays guitar in Chemical Fix, also playing guitar in Scal. I don't know yeah. if that's just a touring thing or if that's a full-time thing, but it felt like there was intentionality with like, okay, there's a one guitar part and then everyone kind of comes in versus Malachi just doing that by himself and then it all kind of connects together. So um yeah i haven't you know i don't got any like phone videos or anything to to reference right now but uh yeah i'm I'm hoping you know a lot of hardcore bands don't you know make it even to the the second lp but i think i honestly think we're not ready for the amount of dope lps that are going to come out next year oh god yeah i mean it's i have like no doubt at all that like whatever the scout camp does next year as far as like music is just gonna completely take over and i think i guess you could you could beg to differ but i feel like they've, they've been one of the bands that have reached out and broke the most other than like turnstile like the, doing the limp biscuit tour and then like just kind of doing a little bit of everything you know going outside the box i think it's it's really done them well mm-hmm. um yeah so just kind of going as far as what the the responses were and you know uh Jack or Jordan, like, feel free to add any that you're, um, you're seeing, um, you know, seeing a lot of like people saying dying wish, a lot of people saying drain, which are very obvious as far as being touring machines and drain being very busy to kind of prep for their, you know, next release, um, knock loose, which is an obvious choice as well. You know, I think dying wish makes sense too. I mean, I feel like whenever you hear people talking about like top and up and coming metal core bands, you're always seeing like the, the, the front woman of, of dying wish just up there, like in a photo or something. And I feel like they were in Europe a fuck ton this year too. Maybe it was just mm-hmm. for like one run, but I, I could have sworn it was like two or three months out of the year. They were just touring with bands in Europe. So mad respect to that. Yeah. Uh, also seeing gates to hell. Um, definitely agree that that band is a touring band and I expect a lot for them uh one step closer um jordan do you see any that are catching your eye that we've not said uh speed and gel gel yeah i see gel my my instagram feed this year was full of shows and tour announcements from them and uh that has been a band that has um their it feels like their instagram feed is just like touring and, and show flyers and rightly yeah. so just because it would be uh yeah they are another band that have their foot on the gas right now yeah, and it's crazy to think they're doing all that without like an actual lp out they just have like the the split and then they're like demo and ep so that's it's pretty remarkable yeah so um yeah unless there's any others that catch um either of your eyes i think we can move on to the next section let's go for it yeah so next up we have just making sure i have the right order uh so we have the underdog award or undeniable underdog kudo award so um the description for this was which band killed it this year but flew under the radar for whatever reason and that could be a number of reasons that could be just locationally where they are maybe it's not as a hype hardcore scene um you know maybe they're an international band that just isn't getting the the love that they deserve um or maybe they're doing 
things maybe they're in a genre that just isn't that like super popular thing so um jack since you answered first i'll share mine first and then i'll, I'll pass it over to you so mm-hmm. my pick for undeniable underdog was um band that i mentioned you know when we were talking about busy b um was gates to hell um mm-hmm. that was a band that i had the pleasure of seeing a number of times um this past year you know they came up for scope five saw them at hold your ground um you know got to see them at at act like you know so even just like the fest sightings of that band and all the stuff that they've been doing um again they you know we were talking about foreign hands a little bit before they're a, a a slightly different style of metalcore but they're like the scary metalcore where it comes to like mm-hmm. the spooky horror movie samples and just like stuff that makes you feel a little f- afraid, but people are still moshing like they're a uh, pain of truth, mad ball kind of like bands. So um, I feel like a lot more people hopefully will be talking about them in the year to come, especially with them again, dropping their record um, a little yeah, later in the right. year. But um, yeah, I, I think when I think about, bands from from kentucky who are next when it comes to you know obviously knock loose being the the biggest contender from there i think gates to hell is is next in line um what was your pick for undeniable underdog so this one was kind of tough for me but i was when i filled this out i think i was listening to the last episode of form of passion where ace was uh talking to one of the guys that's in terminal nation out of um arkansas and just kind of hearing one how they like have changed their sound from being more of like like fast like grindy and power violency to like being heavy like heavily like metal influenced and then um just on top of that like with their lp that came out in the midst of the pandemic in 2020 holocene extinction and then following that up with like a split with cruelty which is an insane band in its own right right i feel like as much love as the kind of like death metal or metal twinged bands have been getting this year, whether it's like enforced 200 stab wounds on death. I feel like not enough love has been given to terminal nation because they fucking rock. I got, I like the LP, I think a little bit more than the split material, but like they're grinding from a place that is often skipped, you know, like I, I don't know how many tour packages or like things happen and go through Arkansas, but like, I, I think they're a phenomenal band and more people should, should give them some time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, out of the 210 responses for this, uh, Kudo award, um, either of y'all want to give any shout outs to bands that you're seeing a few of when you when you were scrolling through there. Uh, definitely prevention. Yeah. Prevention is popping up here a lot and I totally agree. I, they had a crazy reaction at act like, you know, and, uh, that was one of many uh, crucial shows, I believe, for them. But um, they're popping up a lot here. What are they based out of again? I always forget. Let me check. Because they had a crazy reaction at Stone Flurry as well. True. Springfield, Illinois. Okay. God damn. All right. Um, just kind of going through... Uh, keep it real. Uh, I'm I see popping up a lot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you fuck with them, Jack. Um, really? Uh, 
trying to see, you know, there's a lot of responses here. There's certain responses here that I'm like, I I think you might have misread underdog because when when you say turnstile, a turnstile is not an underdog bet. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Uh, Far from it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, I feel like prevention is the one that has been repeating the most. So huh. I'm just leave it with prevention as the, uh, the people's choice. Yeah. I think that's really uh, surprising. Cause honestly, like that's a band that has always been kind of on the periphery for me. Like I've checked them out and I think they're like pretty cool, but I've heard from multiple people that like their sets that they played this year have been like out of this world. So maybe, maybe I need to go see this band at some point in time and go out of my way. <laughs> Cause it, it seems like they got something. Yeah. So uh, last kudo category before we jump back into the main scopies is DIY till death. Um, so um, the description of this was what was the coolest DIY show that you that you either saw online or attended this year? And I said, please include date and geographical location, um, which I will say a lot of you didn't do, which upsets me, but we're going to get through it. Um, Jack, what did you put for this? Man, it is hard to choose. So I would say if I had to pick, uh, there's there used to be this house venue in Richmond uh, called Crystal Palace. Saw a number of different shows there. Last year, there was a Paint a Troop Age of Apocalypse tour that went through. Um, earlier this year, if I remember the lineup correctly, it was Peace Test, Gum, and Pummel. Uh, I think we're on a run together in February and played uh, Crystal Palace. And I thought that was just a fantastic gig because those are the kind of bands that I really want to see in a tight space where people are just like popping off, having a lot of energy. And uh, in retrospect, now that I I realize that like Pummel is uh, not going to be a band anymore come like February of next year, I'm really grateful that I got to see them again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just the house show vibe for me in Richmond, uh, is always really fun. I used I used to go to school at VCU, uh, and that's how I got introduced to like the house show stuff there. Now I, I still go down there every now and then to go to house shows or, or shows in the warehouse. So it's it's a, it's an excellent vibe. Yeah, um, I didn't really have many uh, DIY like shows that really stuck stuck out to me this year. Um, you know, did the kind of classic, you know you know, professional venue to a VFW hall, but nowhere where I was like, whoa, I can't believe something is happening here and right now uh, under these circumstances. But um, the one that I saw online that I think is definitely a lot of people's personal choice was the Sonic drive through show. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, like, the, you know, the visual aspects of that, all, like, the little funny memes that came of it you know whether it's a firework that's going into cat's hair um or like people like eating sonic food during certain bands um i you know just loving the it almost feels like the the meme of like what the fuck is up denny's that was for those people and then this year this is for this generation of hardcore when it comes to uh you know uh like corporatized chain food shows you know, just, just to quickly interject on that, do you think that any of the publicity from that Sonic show has benefited Sonic in sales? Like, do you think that they've, like, come out a winner 
uh, um, <laughs> in terms of fast not, food sales. I well, here's the thing. I've not thought well, and, and maybe I can't really speak to it as a Canadian because we don't have Sonic up here. But I feel like hmm. if I lived where Sonic was, I would be eating a lot more from that Sonic to help encourage that you know the potential of other shows happening. And, it, and the more I think about it, I, it has the most. <laughs> I don't think there's fast food uh, commercial chains that have like a DIY vibe. But like when I think <laughs> about like the '90s and seeing like some of like the Disney originals or just like the fad of like rollerblading and stuff and how that was like with ska and like some punk i feel like seeing the servers come out in rollerblades and just like kind of like the neon colors that kind of has like a a punk vibe to it maybe not <laughs> not like scal and gel level punk but like yeah you know I, I think i think it fits yeah i like i don't think the 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 idea is to have mcdonald's burger king and all these places be like yeah set up a show in the middle like there there is a show that happened in a McDonald's somewhere, um, I think in in China or Asia, mm-hmm. somewhere in that in that pocket. But um, like the goal isn't to just normalize that. But I think the one off nature of that is is definitely uh, makes for a memorable experience. And yeah, anyone that was there is like, you, if you were at the Sonic Gel show, that is a badge of honor to wear. Um. That show specifically was a lot suggest or uh, in the responses for this. Um, I'll just kind of do a, a quick rapid fire. Um, I see Mile End and Brampton uh, playing a church in <clears throat> December 9th. Um, see, seeing a church show go off the charts somewhere in Dublin. Um, trying to go through. I love how someone just said that one by the Houston sign. Oh, I actually know what that is, but uh, <laughs> what, what is that? Um, that's there was a We Are Houston hardcore show, and I only know this because Endgame wrote up with homies of the pod Chemical, uh, not Chemical Fix, Mexican Coke, and hmm. um, uh, Joey, guitar player of that band, was showing me videos and clips of they essentially just set up a show in front of a big sign that says we are houston somewhere in the downtown area they had like two bands play it was so in and out and this is an area where it's like i would take my wife on like a weekend little coffee date this isn't just like out in the industrial area where you know no one's gonna give a fuck i'm like like a bougie like upscale area yes like Mm. like an area an area that has sprinklers set on a timer if you know what (laughs) i mean like yeah (laughs) um yeah, I'm just uh, looking through. Feel free, either of y'all, that you know, read off some that stand out. Ankle biter at a laundromat in Ohio. That sounds like a Stole good time. Mine. What's that? Stole mine. I was gonna say <clears throat> that one. Okay, your your audio is now really low. So whatever oh, you said so it to. Using you. <laughs> uh, drain at Edgeman Printing in Detroit with big deal on D Block. That was definitely a lot of memes. Uh, shout out to Cody and getting uh, Mountain Dew spilled all over your guitar pedals. That sure sucks. Um, just kind of looking through. Bazaar Skate Jam in Wilkes-Barre. Um, Gel at Sonic. 
Someone says, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Gridiron Pool Show, July 11th. That was also a great meme that I forgot about this this past year. Yeah, that was like a, a music video shoot, right? Like around uh, This Is Hardcore? I don't know if it was... I just saw Hey 5 6 was like, I'm filming Gridiron in a pool right now. <laughs> but I don't know if it was an actual show. But um, uh, if it was and you were there, that's another... You know, I don't think very many people went to a a, a pool show <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, just trying to find one more, one more good one. Oh, this this is the one we'll end on. Whispers playing the streets of Bangkok. Yes. I'm sure. I'm. I know you're a Whispers fan, Jack. So I'm sure oh, you yeah. saw that. Dude, that's just. That's some legendary shit. Like I've, I've thought about when I was like a kid. It's like, wouldn't it be so insane to just like put up something in my downtown area and just like play and annoy the living hell out of people just trying to go. <laughs> so I love that they pulled that off. Um, yeah. So it, more DIY shows, please, in 2023. Um, you know, maybe maybe there's another version of this where we're fully listing off things. Um, but, you know, there's obviously like people com watching this back and commenting can can add their own, you know, doesn't need to just be off of the form. Um, let's get back to the scope, the main scopies to give out. So next up is split of the year. And, you know, when we were thinking about 2021, um, when it came to splits, I felt like I think we we're talking like, I think 2021 was like the year of the split because there mm -hmm. we had so many heavy contenders from, I think last year it was Pain of Truth and Age of Apocalypse that won. But at the same time, you had Gridiron and Despise. You had, um, uh, you had Sector and uh, Raw Life. You had huge, huge names that were came together to do stuff. And still this year, there's some bi pretty big names, but... Um, have you been impressed or, or did 2021 leave you expect, you know, being like, that was a, a big year when it came to splits for you? Yeah, I think I was, I was kind of underwhelmed, uh, with the splits this year. Cause like, it, I think it definitely peaked in 2021. Cause to me, like the age of apocalypse and pantry split was awesome. But my personal favorite was the gridiron despised, like fan fucking tastic. Um, but I mean, th there were, I think there were plenty of splits this year, but I don't think they were at that like very visible level. They were kind of like flew a little bit under the radar or maybe happened towards like the end of the year. Like uh, the Seed of Pain demonstration of power split. I think they came out this month or in November. I think that's fantastic. Uh, and another one that's that's uh, an underdog that I really was writing for was the Keep It Real uh, Recognize uh split coming out of southeast asia that's fucking fantastic uh but yeah no I, despite it being like a little like eh, i think i think there's some good contenders on here um mm -hmm. but probably maybe the biggest toss-up out of our main ones because i'm not really sure who's going to be the clear winner yeah this is one i was like i feel like it could almost go to anyone um i think a, a personal selfish one that i thought was really cool was the Broken Vow and Set Straight split. And even though Set Straight isn't a band anymore, Broken Vow and Broken Vow is going, you know, continuing to do the the domination that they're on. Um, seeing that be like a personal like connection between 
the wild rose and the uh kind of like the northeast kind of side of things it was like really cool to see that kind of come together um and yeah like that was a really cool split i feel like it, you know I hope that, you know, Broken Vandal fans kind of came over to, to see some of what the Wild Rose community is up to. Um, but I do agree. I think certain things just kind of either fell under the radar or people might not, might not have even realized that they were splits. Like, the Spy Maniac one was like, I just saw the Spy-style artwork, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a Spy release. And then, I li- and then I'm like, oh, this, this is an entirely new band, but arguably just as sick. And... I feel like that was kind of the same too with like gel and, and cold brats as well. Yeah, I was about to say, I was in a talking in a group chat the other day and two of the people in it realized that the gel release wasn't just a, a single EP from them. It was a split <laughs> of another band. It's like, uh. right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that was just the artwork specifically or yeah, but I think it, it's hard to kind of come down from a huge year of splits. Um, but I still feel like there's some good, nominees on here and uh i think it could honestly go to anyone so uh jordan list off all the nominees please and declare our winner for this category the 2022 scope nominees for split of the year are broken vow and set straight cell and pieced up gel and cold brats keep it real and recognize spy and maniac and Seed of Pain and Demonstration of Power. And the winner is Keep It Real and Recognize. Whoa! Dude, that's so fucking sick. Holy <laughs> shit. By three votes. Three? Oh, fuck. What was the runner-up? Wow. Spy Mania. Okay. Wow, they beat out... Damn, that's... And that's they so beat sick. out Seed of Pain and Demonstration of Power by six votes whoa that's tight that that is neck and neck and neck dude to see that an international band win one of these categories just like really really warms my heart right because that there's a couple labels over there that have really been killing it throughout the pandemic and this has been like a year that a lot of like indonesian and malaysian bands have just been fucking going full force so I'm just I'm, I'm so stunned. I mean, I think that's fucking unbelievable. Well, yeah, because I think when we were collaborating on, you know, there was a lot of alignment on things that were like, oh yeah, this is a no-brainer for certain categories. But this was one that you brought to the table that I was like, I'm not privy to this. Um, but let's let's run it and and see what happens. And to see that close of a neck and neck, um, you know, voting, uh numbers coming in is uh is is really exciting and really cool to see so uh you know congratulations to um to keep it real and recognize recognize with a w and a z actually um yeah i'm very stoked not to give a scopey to a a, a u.s band and to give it to to someone overseas i think that's awesome oh yeah okay um next scopey is uh you know everyone knows i love riffs but this is not the crossover genre um just want to do that because someone was giving me grief of, of you know certain bands on this list were not crossover it's like no this is crossover event of the year and crossover event to me 
I just saw so many things happening in hardcore this year that was like our own little bubble of hardcore and then just throwing a line out to another world and like creating a connection point and having a crossover moment. So there's a lot of things on this list and there's certain contenders here that I think might have a little bit of a head, but there's some, it's kind of like pitting two Titans against each other. Um, when you look at this list, Jack, and some of the things that broke your brain when when they were happening uh, during their respective time, um, what broke your what broke your brain the most? I think two things, I guess, in particular, the scow and limb biscuit. I think to me, I feel like everyone has talked about that being like a crazy just matchup. Because Limb Biscuit's so huge. And like for me, it, it is even more striking because like that tour came through my my small hometown for some reason. And I just thought that was a crazy thing that like they got Dying Wish on some dates in Scowl and having that huge of a breakout for such like a younger band. And then obviously like the speed and Shaq thing. Cause I've heard that Shaq likes heavy music and like there's been different memes and gifts around. But like I really think that like the picture itself is just, it, it's very pleasing to look at. I just, it's, it, it, it just, it, it's like those motivational posters that you have at work with like the cat doing the pull up. It's like, if I saw that in my workspace, I'd be like, all right, it's time to get something done. Well, yeah, the, the speed shack. Cause you know, when we were promoting it, I would just post just the image, but like the lore behind that, as far as like, you know, I don't know if it was like world star or like certain, like, content farm places that will do like just do constant reposting so they're just reposting speed at sound and fury and they're like oh what would you you know whatever but the fact that that made made its way to shack and if i'm remembering correctly i think shack might have shared the mh chaos beer hit i think that sounds right yeah yeah i think that might have hit his radar so uh, yeah like shack shack is privy to these things but to see to see it go a step beyond just oh this is a funny meme that I'm gonna share and him not knowing MH Chaos or any of the band stuff, and then being able to actually take a photo like I've wanted to have Jem back on the podcast just to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you say to arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time? Like, hey, do you like riffs? <laughs> <laughs> I would I I need that to happen in in the coming months. So please get him back on because I need to get the whole like four one one. I know how yes. I need that references, but I need to know the keys. Yeah, uh, a n- a number of other great ones on here, and and one that uh you know I wanted to share that's a little timely as far as the podcast is. You know, this is I think Stanley is the only person. Aside from Hate Five Six, who's been nominated for two things, um, mm-hmm. so him being nominated as far as having a crossover event with a Blink One Eighty Two, um, you know, announcement reunion or you know, we're coming, you know, pun intended video, um, that you know, because we got to have him on the podcast and he kind of told the lore of like, I made this mosh retirement TikTok and then that connected me to this person and that I got like that's. The trajectory of that is crazy. And that's oh, yeah. a constant reminder of me, for me, that it's like 
everyone is always like one thing away from the next huge life-changing thing to happen. And that could be an album, a single, a podcast, um, a piece of artwork. So it's always about like stepping up to the plate and putting shit out and, and seeing, you know, and hoping something that sticks because something will stick one day. That's something I firmly believe, but, Mm -hmm. um, to see that, um, and yeah, that shit is crazy to me. Um, Jordan, do you have any of these that broke your brain before you list off all the nominees? Uh, the Speed Shack one definitely was like, what? <laughs> I was just like, hold on a second here. Are we going to see um, Shaq at a show in 2023? Oh, uh, if we do, we're not going to see the show. <laughs> <laughs> so much security. Well, I just mean like, how tall is he? Oh, <laughs> we're oh, yeah, physically he, not going to be able to see the show. Physically obstructing your view. Yeah, I got. I I got you. That that deep was at a new layer that I that I didn't pick up on originally, which is most of Jordan's jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some top contenders here. Um, Jordan, please list all the nominees and declare our winner for cross ev- crossover event of the year. The 2022 Scope B nominees for crossover event of the year are Scowl and Limp Biscuit, Speed and Shaq, Turnstile and Late Night Shows, Stanley Seavers and Blink-182, Tsunami and San Jose Earthquakes, 856 and Rage Against the Machine. And the winner is 856 and Rage Against the Machine. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, how many votes, uh, Jordan, and who are the runner-ups? Uh, hey, five, six, one with 23.8% of the votes for 103. 23.8. Okay, so okay. this is, this is close. I think the this will be close. Up, the runner-up was Speed and Shaq with 20% of the votes. Mm. So, so gap-wise... 14 votes. Four, okay, that's close. That is and then close. Turnstile with 79 votes. Hmm. So it was it was Speed and Shaq and Hey Five Six and Rage. They it was like buzzer beater shit. Yeah. Interesting. The um yeah, the Hey Five Six Rage against the machine. Um, thing I think because most people listening to this podcast or watching this know about Sonny's love for Rage and how that was like mm-hmm. an early uh, inspiration, um, like collecting all like the tapes that would get lost and just like kind of you know just being a huge fan of that band and the fact that they're they've done reunion stuff even post COVID and I think that if I think of his full circle hardcore thing that is the i think he posted something today about that um it was it's been so much so that when i briefly talked to him at wild rose and to act like you know about it he's like dude i've been hit up by so many podcasts to talk about that and i haven't even fully processed that i did that (laughs) if you know what i mean so um yeah i feel like um that's been another really cool thing to see um but you know very close run with the speed gang. So 
Yeah. And I, and I honestly, like, I love that for him that he was able to like finally write that off his list. Cause like, that's, if I remember like his story correctly, I mean, that's like how he got interested in music in general, like heavier music. So like to have that span for however many decades and then finally being able to like film a lot of their shows on this tour, that's just awesome. I'm sure that's yeah. like going to stick with him for the rest of his life. Yeah. I hope you know, that Sonny will be on a podcast, whether it's Scope Exposure or anything, to, to hear him kind of break down some of those things. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Sonny to winning the 2022 Scopey for crossover event of the year. Um, the 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 third place that, you know, was, was a little behind the ball, but if anything sparked the idea to even have this category in general was the Turnstile late night shows. Um mm. Nomin- nomination because that is hardcore history in this current generation like there might have been bands in in the past that you know were adjacent to hardcore but to see a band like turnstile be on uh light night with seth myers and then go to jimmy kimmel and i think there might be one more but mm. that was like oh shit like Hardcore is that that just felt like a what the fuck is happening and what will like who is the next band who will be on a late night show? Oh, yeah. And I mean, that prompted like what is arguably just as an interesting crossover was the the Taco Bell and Turnstile commercial. Right. I, so I, I will like... shout. I, I have to pull up who commented that because um, the. There was someone that that said the the Taco Bell turnstile, and I was like, I like the way you think. And if anything, that could be that almost should have been on this list as well, because that was also like, mm-hmm. why am I being promoted Taco Bell products, but also grooving to uh, to turnstile? So um, that band's having a crazy year as far as breaking into new territory, and I think that will have a an impact on the scene in the years to come for sure. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, now I just want to talk about it. It's a little early for it, but now I just want. Um, okay, so we're going to jump back to giving out some Kudo Awards. Um, so the first up here is Hardcore Label of the Year. And um, I think you went last time, Jack, so I'll, yeah. I'll lead this one off. Um, my Hardcore Label of the Year, if I can fucking find it on my... On my list. Um, I know what I picked. I don't know why I'm even searching for it. Um, My hardcore label of the year was Days. And the Mm. reason I chose Days was, you know, Lumpy has been on the podcast uh, a few times in the early stages of Days, as well as kind of like, you know, it's starting to mature. But a lot of the releases for demos and LPs um that we have for later uh categories for the scopies a lot of that shit came from days this year and Mm -hmm. i love the idea that you know no one can kind of be at the top forever and you can just have putting out solid work and you can just quickly become that top place for people who when they think about succeeding as a band and and being on a label they're like i want to be on days like we weren't saying that a year ago at this point um so it's really interesting to see 
you know, the diversity of bands that uh, that he's been putting out and just like, you know, the the branding and just like seeing all like I've never seen like I feel like I've seen more days merch at a mm-hmm. fest than Triple B or like like any any anything else. Um, so it, it's cool to see him being so busy and so many great releases to come out of that. And not just like U.S. bands, like international. Oh, yeah. I mean, Days, arguably, I think, if I'm just like going off the top of my head, I think their whole year catalog has probably been the best quality wise out of any other label, including like Flat Spot, Streets of Hate, From Within, even though they've all, all of them have put out good releases. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's insane to how much like, how much consistency he has in quality of like the releases and stuff. And I think next year is going to be even cooler. Um, but um, what I chose, so I, I was kind of debating between days myself because I, I honestly did. I really like that label. But uh, I forgot what initially jogged my mind to this, but I was maybe I think I was doing a post on what it takes and I was looking at uh, Iron Lung Records. I was like, okay, I feel like I've been posting a lot of their stuff this year. I want to like look and see how much they put out. And I just checked back again. I think they put out, I think, roughly 35 releases this year wow yeah i mean it's it's insane uh it's honestly just like looking at it all i mean uh some of them uh um definitely like hit wider people's radar i mean they had the brain tourniquet ep uh the uh gold living world stuff prowler but like there's they're in a world kind of all their own uh with some of the stuff they put out because it's like really either like grungy crunchy like punk kind of stuff or really like psychedelic like hardcore punk or like maybe more metal twin stuff and i just think that like in their lane they are just like a dominant force because i can't imagine like the, the logistical work that goes into like shipping out 35 different releases and like going through all like well, 35 out, times like, the amount of people that actually got those releases right so. oh uh, yeah exactly i mean it's <laughs> it's 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 insane. I know they've been doing it for a while too. So I just I I wanted to give them props of just like having a massive year. Yeah. Um. As far as what the people said, uh, days I see a lot of flat spot. I see a lot mm-hmm. of undeniable, um, giants triple B, um, the coming strife records convulse. Okay. Yeah. Um. Last the coming the coming strife uh records. I feel like uh, like behind the scenes is doing a lot of cool stuff to help get like certain American bands on that label. And then like vice versa. I feel like whoever's running that is, is doing some really good deeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a lot of from within a lot of close casket, um, new morality, um, Sunday drive records. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, unless there's any others that you guys want to give a special show. Oh, maggot stomp. Um, okay yep yep i've seen a lot especially with the the surge of so much adjacent death metal hardcore bands uh Mm -hmm. maggot stomp is the one carrying that flag it's like if you're a hardcore kid that's writing a death metal record you want to be a maggot stomp Um, i don't really see it but do you is force of reckoning on there um i haven't scrolled past again the for for the listeners the 
The Google Forms so far has been great. The organization of all these submissions has not been great. Um, but no, I don't. But do you want to give them a, a quick plug? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just think uh, it's like, a, I guess, a regional label to me because they're based out of uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've done quite a bit this year. I feel like they've branched out from like what I originally pegged them as like heavier metalcore kind of like uh or like even every every time I die like normal gene adjacent stuff mm-hmm. to like I think they put out the uh rapid fire release that dropped uh earlier this month. And so I think that's another label to keep your eye on uh as far as uh smaller ones go. I think they're doing a good job. Cool. Um so the next kudo award to give out is phenomenal fest. So uh, we asked the people what fest had the biggest impact on the scene and the bands who played. So again, it wasn't obviously people were going to say the the fest that were attended the most or had the most hype bands, but mm-hmm. we were trying to get at what fest did the most for that scene and the bands that played. Like the you know because I believe even if a fest has 150 to 200 people, but mm-hmm. it's it has a lasting impact versus a, a fest that has 5,000. So um, my, oh no, no it's, sorry. I'm trying to go before you, Jack, but. How rude, uh, yeah. What was your, <laughs> how rude. <laughs> um, what was your phenomenal fest award? I'm just going to have to say, I mean, I feel like it's, it feels like an obvious answer, but I feel like Sound and Fury has just been like, people are still talking about like the speed set and like God's hate set from that um from that weekend and i mean it's to my knowledge i mean that's the best one that they've done numbers wise and it was really cool to see an outdoor style festival happen in the u.s because i always think i used to think about that when i was younger and seeing some of like the european touring circuit videos of like bands going over like why can't we have something like this in the states and it's cool to they took a risk and it really paid off um i will say that like as maybe some runner-ups. I went to this hardcore this year. I thought that was a phenomenal uh, fest as always. And then uh, I guess we want to count for the children. I've heard some good stuff about the four children uh, fest that recently just happened um, mm-hmm. a couple days ago. Maybe it was like last week. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I, I would say Sound and Fury. Those it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to beat that. Yeah, yeah. I you know. I knew that a lot of people were going to be voting for that. So I wanted at least my kudo award that I would give out to be a fest that I had actually attended. So my kudo award is going to go out to act like, you know, uh, obviously seeing the growth from Promcore last year to the rebrand and the, um, you know, changing it to a new venue. The minute that I walked in, it was like, Oh, this is going to be an amazing weekend. Like the vibes, like it felt like it hit me. Like just, I think it was like the second band playing. I was like, whoa, there's a lot of fucking people here compared to last year. And every band was great. The, the, the ordering of the fest was amazing. Um, the location was like close and accessible to stuff. And Aaron's foresight into like putting on for new bands as well as like, you know, um, bringing out regional acts that have just played Oklahoma multiple times, as well as like bringing those bands that probably would never even think to play Oklahoma and having them kind of do a one-off experience. Um, 
like the ankle biter set was phenomenal. The scowl set, despite being the very last band of a three day packed weekend where people are busting their asses, um, was crazy. The peeling flesh set was crazy. Um, there were so many, the vibes of that fest were some of the best that I've ever felt in a long, long time. And for that to be su- like an, like a textbook definition flyover state and to see that successful of a fest. And also mm-hmm. like the fact that the fest is, you know, not taking any money and it's donating all the proceeds. Um, so that Aaron's dedication to that on top of the, all the other things I know he has going on in this life is something I really wanted to give an official kudos to. Um, mm. So that's mine. Uh, Jordan, do you want to shout out any of the ones that you're seeing pop up a lot on the, on the people's side? Uh, Hold Your Ground is definitely popping up a lot. Yes. Yeah, I think besides Stone Flurry, that's or not Stone Flurry, Sound and Fury. <laughs> I personally would like to shout out Snow and Flurry. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hold Your Ground is definitely one of the ones that's popping up there a lot besides Sound and Fury. Yeah, and I think... I think the reason, you know, obviously Scoped has a lot of listeners and and fans from the Ontario scene, but I truly think that that inaugural fest and what that will do for the Ontario scene for the years to come and the excitement around that um, definitely has done a lot. And, you know, now that's a fest that, you know, so many bands from Canada and the States and maybe even beyond that are like, Oh, I want to go. I want to go to play that next year. Um, I'm just going through LDB obviously popping up a lot. Um, someone said scope five. So I appreciate that. Shout out to you. Um, the rumble for the children. Um, outbreak outbreak was another fest attendance wise. That was really like, like awe-inspiring um you know seeing the videos from that uh maybe if i'm gonna shout out one more one more i'm losing my track in the in the dock here trying to find where the fest is um fya Probably yeah, yeah. That that was also. It's hard to like think about FY at the end of the year because it's always at the beginning of every year, so it just feels like it's forever away. Yeah, um, yeah. A number, another one I was going to mention because it happened so recently. I don't know if people had enough time to like digest it, but uh, banging in the rock um, in Arkansas, that like huge metal fest that had like creeping death, giving mouth, genocide pact, mm-hmm. uh, and all that. I, I've heard really good things about that as well. Yeah. Um... So the next uh, Kudo Award that we're going to give out is called You Gotta See It Live, which is one of my favorite turnstile quotes because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just use that for so many ways to describe bands that like you just got, you got to see it live. I, I can't even explain it. Um, so we asked which band's live presence is unmatched, is unmatched against the masses. Um, so we're back to me, right? Yeah. yeah. So my pick for this... Um, it was super easy. Uh, it was Drain. In the year 2022, Drain just, you know, took California Cursed, an album that was released in a very uncertain time, in the middle of 
a shit show. And the fact that that band has been able to grow and just juice those songs like they wrote them yesterday um, is been really cool. And just to see them, you know, play higher on bills, play longer sets, play. But every it's like every fest I would see a clip from Drain, there would always be people on stage. There would always be beach balls and fucking mm-hmm. boogie boards and like shit just going off. And, you know, obviously seeing like some viral things with people moshing with like, you know, shark outfits and shit like that. But um, I know that that band has a new record coming out next year. And I think this, their live presence is just going to carry them like, well, even, even if like, I'm not necessarily as much in that thrash core kind of space. This is a band that I'm going to go see live because like it's, if anything, I think Turnstile elevated as a band so much because they have these late crazy live um, shows. And I feel like Drain is, is kind of the runner up to that now. Now that Turnstile has like, they're established, that's the craziness of their shows, even despite their music maybe being a little bit more poppy. Drain, I think, is the runner-up as far as the live band. Um, so they they get my kudo award for that. Yeah, no, I think that honestly, like, it stacks up. I feel like it's hard to find a Drain set that isn't like crowded up in front of the stage and people doing like going along with a bit in the antics and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. next year might be their year because I mean, I I keep forgetting that like the record came out. I think it was in 2020, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's hell of longevity for, for an LP like that, that people are still so stoked on that. So that's, right. that's a pretty impressive. What was your pick? I went with End It um, just because I feel like, obviously, you Akil's stage presence alone, <laughs> you have to kind of be there to see it. That doesn't translate usually into like, uh, like the album unless like you count the music videos that they did for uh uh for the release this year um but i just think it's neat that they're able to kind of like take some of that humor and just kind of like nonchalantness and just pack that in with like really hard hitting tracks uh and make uh, everybody feel welcome kind of uh in a way or like like kind of give people their guard down you know humor has a way of like uh, discarding people and just like making them uh, a little bit more at ease and then just like pummeling them right after that with, with a hard track. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's my choice. Yeah. And it's been a band that I was hoping to see this year, but didn't end up, you know, didn't, wasn't in the cards, but yeah, that's a, a great, great uh, band for the, for a Kudo award for sure. Um, both of those bands are showing up when it comes to the people's responses uh, ingrown, I see on here a number of times. Pain of Truth, Regulate, those bands need no, uh, you know, um, clarification as far as their live experience. You've definitely seen that. Um, mm-hmm. Tsunami is on here a few times. Spy, I would definitely agree on the spy aspect for the live stuff. Um, Terror, any others that y'all want to shout out? Gates nope. to Hell is on here. Gates to Hell is on here. Few First time I saw them, I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> all right, I'm in. Uh, 
Jack, any any ones that you want to send before we jump into the next? No, I think that actually pretty much covers all of it. All of that. I think um, honestly, our two picks are probably, in my opinion, I'm biased, of course, but I think they're the best. <laughs> um, so, but um, I think and the ones it that, drain tour coming that, soon. That that would be pretty pretty intense. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right, back to the main scopies. And then we're back to another major release, you know, title to to give out. We're doing EP of the year. Um, this was really hard because there is a lot to choose from. Um, any thoughts on going into this one, Jack? Yes, I am just waiting for my <laughs> lagging computer to get me back up. To speed. <laughs> no, I think we're I think we're back now. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, and that pun was intended because I mean speed gang called speed came out. Um that's obviously just like kind of the top of the town, I feel like, especially with like their their sound and fury um uh, sets and the the run of shows they did across Australia um with AWOL. Um but yeah, it, it's hard to pick from so many because like EPs I feel like are the most common uh kind of like method to drop music nowadays is like five like four to six songs and you just put it online mm-hmm. uh and sometimes don't even have to make a physical copy it can just be like a digital only thing but um i mentioned earlier foreign hands uh believe the dream definitely the best metalcore record i've heard in a number of years and my personal favorite um uh killing pace and uh hold my own i mean I'm probably. I, I wonder if I am the biggest hold my own fan because I just fucking love. <laughs> I love that band so fucking much, and yeah. um, I really am hoping they come in the top three um, uh, of this. Um, what, what about you? What, what were your selections on this? Uh, I I think Speed Speed's EP was arguably so good that people were putting it on their top records of the year. When it's like it is a record, but like. I would see Speed's EP and the rest would be would be LPs. Like I feel like it was that collection of songs was that good that people were considering it um that highly. Um a a submission for this section that I really fought for was Click, um Looters in Paradise cuz I remember the first time I heard that come out and I was like, "Oh my god." I feel like they're one when I think of like underrated uh California bands, like Click is high high up on that list so this was like a debut thing from them i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. so i'm really excited to see what's next but this this ep is like maniac like hardcore i i you know to to quote ace who who's been on the on the podcast i would say this is capital h hardcore all right yeah so jordan we need to grant a winner a winner for ep of the year the 2022 scope nominees for EP of the Year are Click with Looters in Paradise, Foreign Hands with Bleed the Dream, Hold My Own with Hold My Own, Killing Pace with Killing Pace, Speed with Gang Called Speed, and World of Pleasure with World of Pleasure and Friends. And the winner is Speed with Gang Called Speed. Yes, sir. There yes, you go. sir. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the? How, 
Was this a landslide vote? Uh, one could say that, yes. Okay. With 52.8% of the votes. And then, uh, so 228 votes for speed. Uh, World of Pleasure with 138 votes. Okay, that's still a lot. And then Foreign Hands with 75. Oh, Foreign Hands is third. Interesting. Okay. I'm sorry, Jack. I know you're rooting for Hold My Own. Oh, I know. <laughs> Dude, I always am and always will be. Uh, but I can, I can make sense of that. I feel like mm. the World of Pleasure has like their stands and people that really just like support the people that are in that band. And we've already talked about Foreign Hands a lot, but like that band is just uh, out of this world. They've really like hit the nail on the head when it comes to the sound that they're going for. So not mm-hmm. surprising. Runs. Yeah, I think when it comes to World of Pleasure, like inarguably putting put out one of the most popular demos of 2020 as far as like you know projects where everyone is locked down and to have a a great follow-up with like the theme of every track having like a guest vocal spot um with uh a a multitude of different bands um was was really uh was really cool to to see and you know that band's playing lb this year and i'm sure there's other things in the works but um gang called speed I kind of knew it's kind of like I knew as soon as I listened, I'm like, this, this is the fucking winner. So shout out to all my fucking Australian boys in speed. And, uh, you know, that release is going to be listened to for years to come. And I don't, I don't, I'm, it's going to be dangerous what a a speed LP will look like. Uh, so (laughs) I don't even want to think about that. That's just—it's gonna smoke so much shit. Like I, man, I don't know. I could I could talk for a long time about just the rise of speed and just. So I, I think like it. My knowledge on Australian hardcore isn't like the best, but like, I would argue that they're likely going to be the most popular hardcore like band from. Australia, like discounting like some like stuff that would fall into metalcore, I feel like they're firmly going to to hold that my like, honor probably next year and the years to come. So let's move back to a, uh, the last few Kudo Awards that uh, that we can hand out. Um, the first of the this block is Artist of the Year. So um, Artist of the Year again because we broadened it a little bit could be someone that designs t-shirts that it designs posters um compilations collabs um or montages anything that you know you're not necessarily doing things on uh you know pen and paper first kind of uh individuals so um jack who was who would you like to give a kudo award for artist when you come to when it comes to visual stuff I have a terrible time at keeping up with who does these kind of arts, but I will say I learned something today. I was listening to uh, Jamie Ork's podcast where he was talking to Bertles um, from Ankle Biter. I didn't realize that he does flyers for some of Jamie's shows and just like does that in general. And oh. I really have liked uh, some of those flyers on there. So I'd have to say that that's, that's who I put uh, my vote behind uh, as far as like visual artists. Yeah, um, my uh, awesome artist Kudo Award that I'd like to give out is to Abby, who goes by Absauce on on the IG. 
Um, someone whose style and designs I would just see hit so many uh, T-shirts and just different people that had had done stuff. Um, I know that we were talking about the ankle biter demo and that, mm. in my opinion, that artwork is like a true display of, of what she does. And, uh, you know, I would see anything from pillars of ivory, um, to like, even just like local stuff up here in Canada. Um, wait, she did, she did the pillars of ivory. Um, she, I think she did uh, a pillar of survivory shirt. Yeah. God, that's sick. I, I yeah, I, I love that band. That doesn't, they don't get talked enough about enough, but I also like respect to your friend there. Like that's, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I've talked about it on the, on a couple of podcasts before, but I've met Abby many, many moons ago, uh, at like a show, a show that we were playing in, in Wilmar, Minnesota. Uh, she was playing in a different band at a time, but you know, to see, you know, her rocking in life's question, but also now doing stuff and, you know, this is, it's also interesting too, because, uh, uh, an artist that I think I, I put on as a nomination for last year's Scopies was Ridge Hein, I think is mm -hmm. how I say his name. And, uh, and I think they're married or common law. I'm not sure of the actual details, but you know, two people that play in the same band guitar wise, but also design because Ridge would do stuff for knock loose and a number of bands. And I talked to him at, uh, at hold your, uh, hold your ground. Um, when pain of truth was there and just talking about like, yeah, like just the dynamics of that and, him talking about like he's just been so busy that he's like excited to see that Abby's been getting a lot more work and people know what she does that he can almost like take a step back and you know maybe have a few you know bands that he's doing st stuff for but instead of just being this person that's constantly being hit up about that so um yeah it's a uh, it's cool I think her style like speaks for itself and it, it's cool to see more of that like not like non like it's 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 hardcore designs that work but it's not like just a fucking dog barking or like yeah. you know fucking chains it's like it's cool to see like more cartoon but like still appropriate to to the genre so that was mm -hmm. my kudo award that i'd like to give out um as far as other people uh as far as the responses that we got John Mayo, um, friend of the show, Rich Hine, who we mentioned, uh, Molly. Uh, I feel pretty big dumb for not saying John Mayo online. <laughs> not, not that he's credit Bertles, but like, I feel like he has exploded in the number of stuff that he's done from like the pandemic till now. Like, yeah, I can't go by like a week of doing like looking at like hardcore releases. Like, oh, that's a John Mayo work. I know it is. That's that one. That's that. So, yeah, fantastic dude. Um, a lot of app sauce on here. Um, uh, you know, uh, sh shout out to the bastard, um, Zach bastard, um, <laughs> doing a lot for Western Canada shit. Um, the it's, it's nice to be in a new band with someone, uh, like Zach who can just do everything artwork and, and, uh, merch design wise versus I have to like, you know, hire someone out or, or do something else. Um, Streamline the process. Jacob Paris, I've seen a lot as far as like different things. Um, Dewey, uh, he's done a lot for Instill, Buggin. And if I'm going to give it one more shout out, Chewy. Chewy Hartman. 
Chewie uh, Hartman, for those that don't know, is the is the man who's somehow decided I'm gonna paint bands while they're playing. So obviously I'm I'm sure lots of people have seen like the turnstile, like kind of like painting visuals when glow on was starting to come out and there's still been a lot of live stuff. Chewy, Chewy is someone that I discovered really early on. And I think right when doing the zoom podcast, like I, I reached out to him to have an interview and his process for how he does this stuff is crazy. And I think it was at an outbreak this year. Uh, he had like a, a specific little art section uh, where people could go and look at the different things. And for, for if you don't know who Chewy Hartman is, you need to go check out his Instagram because it's honestly so inspiring to see someone doing such a different type of creative medium in, mm. in, in our world. So that's that Chewy, you're definitely um, need to feel the love from all the stuff that you did this year. Yeah, it's the mark of like a true genius. Like I can't even like think about like what his like brain is doing. Like if you were to like light it up on like some medical equipment, like wonder how many neurons are going off to make him be able to do that. Yeah, I'll send you his interview uh, after after we do this because his whole process of like he sees a stage diver and he'll just like quickly draw a line as a reminder to like okay go back and finish that person's stage. Mind blowing shit. Um. Next Kudo Award we're going to give out is Camera camera Character Award. Um, so this is the photographers, the videographers, the people that bear the, the hard work of holding something in their hand uh, to document and to archive and to create live visual content that, you know, people can have those profile pictures the next day. Um, who is your pick for Camera Character, Jack? Um, I chose to go with a local, um, my friend Chelsea does most of the photography for like stuff happening in Roanoke. And I think from what she told me the other day, I think she did 62 sets this year. Um, so, uh, if someone is just like starting off and taking photography, I think it's like remarkable of how, uh, committed she is in documenting what's happening in like our small scene and definitely has made a lot of progress just as like professionally like comparing her earlier photos from this year to like the ones she just took the other day i mean it's mm-hmm. really market improvement so got to give mm-hmm. respect to the homie yeah respect for the local plug uh mine is the opposite um you know obviously sunny's won two scopies but uh i wanted to give him a kudo award because again man is relentless in his pursuit in you know being an absolute behemoth when it comes to hardcore um archival um pursuits um it's been cool to see him work and and watching that happen and i think it's maybe just a selfish thing as someone that um that film shows it's like i have to really turn my brain off off of like and just like i'm really trying 2023 to be the year where either i'm at a fest to film or I'm at a fest to play. And there's most nine times out of 10, there's no in between because this year was the year I spent too many times filming all the bands and playing. And it's just a lot of stress. And that's a lot for me to, uh, to handle, uh, and, you know, not enjoy myself as much, but act like, you know, was the fest where it's like, I got to play 
and see Sonny um, do his thing. And, you know, he, he would always pull me aside and show me the little ticks, uh, tips and tricks of things that he was, you know, doing the um, the the live editing switching uh, while he's shooting and then just porting stuff over. It's it's wild to see that man work so goddamn hard and to bring such a innovative vibe to our scene. So obviously gotta gotta plug the dude who without him scope exposure wouldn't exist and I wouldn't be sitting in the chair talking to you. Um so I am so stuffed up by the way. I'm just <laughs> need to like fucking have a blowtorch to my nose. Um so Obviously, hey five six Sunny. A lot of people saying that. A lot of people saying one nine seven media. A lot oh, of yeah. people saying David Tan. Shout out to the UK homie. Um, man, the the ways that people incorrectly spell hey five six is beyond me. Um, <laughs> can you can you can you drop some of them? There's hate, and then the number five and the number six. Um, okay. I'm trying to find another incorrectly spelt one. Uh, oh, someone just write hate five, six, but like no number five. It's just all lowercase. Okay. And maybe there's one, one other incorrect. I know, I know there's one other incorrectly spelt one here. Oh, hate H eight, the number eight, five, six. There it is. My favorite is when people just forget the five and you're like, oh, hate six. It's like, hate no, there's, six. there's something that you've left out. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a couple of people saying scoped or Spencer. Someone said sponsor. Fuck you. Um, for, <laughs> you know, not letting that meme die. Um, trying to see a few others. Gabe Becerra, uh, Gabe the Pigeon. Mm -hmm. um, dude has been busy. Always on the road, it feels like. Um, feet first. It's on here a few times. Um, hola. I I apologize if I mispronounce this. Hola soy Kato. Um, dude down in California who's like mm. avidly documenting and filming shows. Um, I met him last year, and he's got a fucking iPhone Notes, and it's like every show that he's going to or has gone to in the last couple of weeks. And it is oh, I love long. That. It is long. Oh, can I add something? I completely zoned when I filled out the form and I wanted to include this just because I don't know what my brain was thinking at that point in time, but <laughs> visual aid 804 um, does a lot of coverage of uh, shows that happen in Richmond. And to my knowledge, and hopefully Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think in at least the shows that I've gone to or in my knowledge that Richmond gets filmed a lot. Mm. You don't see many videos uh, of, of sets from there. So he's like the, the person behind that's done a really good job at just documenting kind of the newer wave of stuff happening in Richmond. And I, I really appreciate that from like just in general hardcore perspective, but as someone who goes to a lot of like Richmond shows and just has a lot of respect for Virginia hardcore. I like that that scene is being documented because they got a lot of cool shit going on. Um, Jordan, before we move on, do you want to shout out any anyone that we haven't yet who's on this list? Uh, I want to shout out Max Trells. It did pop up on the list, and they were super cool, super nice at Snow and Flurry. And some of the photos that they took are, like, actually insane. Hmm. 
Do you, uh, did they list the, the handle? Uh, they did not list the handle, but I have it in front of me. It's okay. Max underscore Trells, T-R-E-L-S. Okay. So, Scoped Army, go follow Max. Shout out to you, Max, if you're listening. Um, Don't and... say Scoped Army. That sounds weird. <laughs> um, sorry. The correct term is Scoped Heads. That's what we're using going forward. Um, yeah. Lots, like, praise and prosperity to all the people that bear the the burden of holding a camera at shows whether you're doing photos video anything else um i am a i will die on the hill that like hardcore would feel a little less interesting to many without seeing the videos of the craziness and seeing mm-hmm. the photos of people stacking up um you know for to grab that one microphone um you know, that is a huge necessary part of this culture and something that I believe that attracts people to it. And then once they actually get in the room and they feel it, that's what like hooks them forever. But mm-hmm. with without the without those moments of in time that are captured and, and put somewhere, whether it's on an Instagram feed or a YouTube channel, um, you know, that shit really matters to me. And I will die on the hill to uh, uplift those people because it's so easy for someone to do that and someone to give a bad take or or be shitty to someone and then they stop doing it and that scene is now down a photographer or whatever. So if mm-hmm. you do that, you're important and keep going. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> All right. The last Kudo Award that we're going to be giving out here is the Words to Live By uh, Kudo Award. And the... The way that we tried to frame this up was what is something you heard at a show on a hardcore podcast or in passing that really stuck with you when it comes to hardcore? Um, This was something I was like, maybe we'll get a bunch of really awesome responses. Um, I think this might be the least (laughs) submitted (laughs) section, but you know, that to be said doesn't mean that, um, uh, you know, it's not it's not about quantity. It might be about quality. So yeah, and this was a section I was a little hesitant about, but I think Jack, you were like, "No, we should keep it in." Yeah. Why did you think we should keep it in? I think, like, uh, at least just from what I've just, I used to not be really into like listening to podcasts, but like now that I listen to like a fuck ton, I noticed that like certain kind of jargon or certain terminology would kind of float around between different. Um, places and obviously like if you go back to like I don't know it depends on what kind of scene you grew up in but like how I was brought up in the hardcore is like you see these bands and they're making these really like important points and messages and delivering that on stage and I feel like that sometimes well maybe even a lot of times has more impact than the actual music because I mean that's how people find out about straight edge and how like people get behind causes like veganism and animal rights and feminism and stuff like that so like i think it, it's cool to hear what has impacted people and i also thought there'd be a, a funny aspect to it because i'm sure we'll hear something pretty funny so oh uh, we will yeah. <laughs> i i was hoping that this would be a, a sentimental thought-provoking section and there there's probably some but there's a lot of uh of funny things that people have said but as far as where each of us took it um what was what you uh 
submitted as far as words that really stuck with you this year? I think the term like full circle, um, I, I think maybe it was uh, a some form of passion that says that quite a lot. But when I thought about it a little bit more, um, not to get too like sentimental or too too deep into uh, to some shit, but like I think it's very easy to lose track of where you are in this life. Um, I think a lot of people have their heads reared towards the like their back to look at their past, or some people are really stuck brewing on what's going to happen in the future, and they really like when this full like circle moments come, they they kind of realize that like everything that they did was worth it. Like mm. the work, like the struggle and the hardship. And I think it's just kind of a reminder for me to like live more presently. Cause like, it, it's hard not to be distracted by stuff that's happened or might happen, but like, it's, it's good to try to live in this moment. Cause you don't know how much time you got left. So I think it's, um, I think it's just a neat thing to think about. Yeah. I think, um, just reflecting on 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 that uh, for me there's definitely been a lot of full circle like selfishly full circle moments obviously like having certain people anytime i have someone on the podcast that like i grew up listening to their band or their music like really shaped me whether that guest or that podcast episode is going to do crazy numbers like that is something that i never take for granted so and that mm. is always you know i think of having Matt Good on the podcast, um, who played guitar in Means. Um, Means was the band that like really locally got me into hardcore and kind of polluted, not polluted, but like infected my brain with this like melodic <laughs> hardcore crazy playing guitar yeah. chords where I have to stretch my fingers this wide. Um, I bought my first real electric guitar because Matt played it. Um, just like a lot of shit like that. Um, I think another like full circle moment for me this year was, you know, Sonny coming up to film Wild Rose. I took that year off on the scope side just because we had scope five, like literally the week later and I had a lot of other shit going on, but I got the opportunity to film alongside Sonny for just like two or three of the sets. And I think after f I filmed Zulu and then we were going to film knock loose, knock loose next. And I came over, you know, just to hand the camera back in between the bands. And I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to do my best to like, you know, make sure I can get some good whip pans and, you know, stuff that like yeah. I've just learned over the years. And he he said, oh, yeah, I know you're doing a good job. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I've been watching your feed on my iPad. And I was like, oh, I didn't. And I <laughs> kind of like was stumbling on my words like uh, the, the, he's like, yeah, yeah, you know what you're doing. So for me to be able to film like film alongside someone that inspired me to start it and be told that like you know your shit and like you know like it's not like a oh i i'm not going to cut to this camera a lot in the edit or whatever it is um that was something that was very full circle for me um was there any you know full circle moments for you this year specifically oh uh... since we're talking about that yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of been, like, living from some, I guess. I mean, like, I, um, anyone who follows me on, like, my personal, like, um, I've definitely been going for, like, like weight issues of, like, weighing, like, a whole lot. I, I was close to, like, 300 pounds uh, maybe two years ago, three years ago. 
and now I'm like floating comfortably like 225, 220. Um, and so that's something that like historically I've struggled with. And like, once I hit that weight limit, I was like, I, that was like literally what I thought was impossible to do was like be able to get down to that. So like mm. made me appreciate all that I've done for that. And then, uh, another, this is a kind of a, it's a sad, but it's a funny one. So when I was in kindergarten and once when I was in high school, I had two different teachers tell me I was not going to graduate high school. Cause I couldn't, because they just thought I was straight up fucking dumb. I'm <laughs> <laughs> being that serious. I told my mom that from what she's told me. And then like the guidance counselor told me that in sophomore years, like, yeah, don't even bother applying to colleges. <laughs> and, um, and so I've been going to grad school, um, for the past like year or two and just kind of seeing myself have a better GPA in grad school than I did in undergrad makes me feel good. And it's good to give a fuck you to the public school system that uh, didn't have faith in me. So hell yeah. Double middle fingers. Double middle <laughs> fingers. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Um, my, my submission for Kudo was when Jay from mind force came on the podcast um, which was, I, I think I checked that it was this year, but, um, I use this as the clip to help promo the episode, but I've been thinking about it a lot, especially turning, I'll be turning 30 as of January 5th, which to me, like leading up to it, I was like, ah, oh, it's just, it's just another year. But then kind of in the last couple of weeks being like, all right, that's like the start of a, a new decade for, for me in my life. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Jay's a little bit older than me, but what he said and what I've been thinking about is even though I'm older, I need hardcore more than ever. And mm. that has been something, you know, as the busyness of life and responsibilities and the different things that I have been in the mix of on a personal level, um, it's been, I've always felt the need to, you know, be playing shows, writing new music, doing this podcast. Like, I honestly don't know who i would be without this shit and i think that's the mm -hmm. reason i stay so goddamn active on everything um but i think that's just a, a constant reminder for people that are like 30 plus um you know oh yeah shouldn't like i know i i know life is busy if you can even just have a project just to keep you that spirit and that spark going even if you're playing, you know, I think on, on Ace's episode, we talked about like, yeah, some bands are like playing less than 10 shows a year, but that's still maybe just enough to keep things just in, in that circle um, when it comes to just keeping that identity. So that's been something that really hit me when Jay said it. And, you know, as, as I move into this next decade of my life, it's something that's going to be a little bit of a a North star, um, at least for me. I would have to, to agree with that. I think, I, I don't know about you, but I feel the most connected to hardcore right now than I ever was, uh, except for maybe like the first, you know, your first two like honeymoon years when you're getting in and you just want to know everything and ask all the questions, but mm. dude, it, and, and people, I think people are doing it less now, but people used to really clown on people that were going to shows that, uh, above a certain age, you know, and like, Although like hardcore is definitely for the youth and it needs to be youth led and youth inspired. There's not a single person in this world that doesn't need community. And mm -hmm. the hardcore community is a beautiful thing. Most of the time, 
And when you get older, that's something that you want even more. Like, cause your, your, your social circle might get a little bit smaller. You get tied up in doing things in like adulthood, but having a real sense of community where all your friends are like, that's invaluable. Um, mm-hmm. And then other thing to add, I keep forgetting. We're almost like, uh, we almost have the same birthday. I don't know if you know that. Yes. Mine's, I know. Yeah, January I think 7th. we're both. Yeah. We're both Capricornies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, out of the 94 responses, again, we had 432 people vote. So this was the least, which at the same time, it is, it's asking a bigger question versus which band do you think is a great live band? So um, let's just do rapid fire. Um, any ones that anyone wants to shout out. So we have everything from, uh, you know, some of the sentimental stuff that we talked about to the classic Scott Vogel, more stage dives. Um can I do a J for Mind Force one? Please. Uh, this next one's a love song, so it's hit kick someone on the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another J one was Give It Up for the Best Band Ever, Us, during the POI set from Sound and Fury. One of the, arguably one of the most funniest like flexes ever. Um, I like this one. Uh, Oh, Jack, you should read the Dead at Birth one if you can find that. It's like a l li- it's just from a little bit down from the top. But um Fuck yeah, yes. Sammy. Everywhere. <laughs> Sammy from Drain. Always saying fuck yeah. Can you send me that one? Um because uh I'm yeah. Let me drop I'll just for some reason. I'll just put it in our Zoom chat one second. Um, looking ahead. <laughs> you want me to read this one as in a, a different well, no, language? There's a translation after that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So this is I, uh, the dead of birth uh, one. So translated uh, into English, it's I've got the hardcore heart beating in my chest. Some people just don't have it. Uh, by Tomas, uh, dead at birth, and he's talking about the love for uh, hardcore bands that sing about hardcore. I feel like that's one trope that should never die. Like, if you really are about hardcore, you should be like singing and screaming till you're you're blue in the face about how much you fucking love this shit. And this is just another good way to plug dead at birth because that band's fucking fantastic. Um, yes. Yes, I need to fucking mosh to them. At some point, <laughs> I didn't know no one saw the video of it, but you saw me mosh to them. We're doing the listen up stuff, and we've oh, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a, a core memory, uh, that I that I have with you. It's some naughty um, riffage, all caps, let's kill each other but not fight by King Nine. Uh, um, okay. g- great mm-hmm. mosh call. Um, uh, another mosh call, turn someone into applesauce by Cool by Con. <laughs> um, I, I, this is funny where anyone that saw momentum at um at hold your ground uh yeah. i'm sure everyone saw the gay people what's up meme from yeah. that set um mm-hmm. and it says it's the the credit it goes to dude from momentum which is not true it was jordan black of like pacific um doing that who will be coming on the podcast soon and we will be talking <laughs> about that um Trying to find Jordan, you got any uh any ones? I already said mine. Oh, okay. 
you <laughs> paraphrased, you can have a band like Super Heaven and a band like God's Hate play back to back and somehow it makes sense. That's from the Hard Lord podcast. Um hundred percent Sydney shit. That's a great mm-hmm. uh, thing from Friends of the Show, Gem from Speed. Um Trying to do maybe one more, and then we'll move on to the big ticket last scopies. Um, I, w- I want to find a really good one. More kickboxing. <laughs> or douche from Stanley. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of great stuff. I think it's important to recognize this stuff because a lot of that is not rehearsed. It's straight from the heart, off the top of the head in any kind of situation, whether a guitarist is breaking a string and someone needs to fill the gap and they say something meaningful. So, um, yeah, shout out to anyone that that put some good ones in there. Okay, last Scopies, arguably the most important Scopies to be giving out. We have LP of the year. And this year we've split it. So we have an international LP or an international Scopey to give out as well as an American one. So um, who do we have first? Or we're going to do international first and we'll end with the Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I have to violently pee, Jack, can you talk about this shit so I can quickly use the bathroom before we get it? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, and, and violently P is not exaggerating. It's like I've been holding it for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> hell yes. So um, Spencer and I, just like a little bit of back, like behind the scenes kind of stuff. Since there had been since such a he- like a heavy LP year, we wanted to split things up because obviously a lot of the focus is generally on your American and U.S. bands. Um, and not a lot of attention goes towards stuff happening overseas, even just right across the border in Canada. So uh, with that being said, I mean, these international contenders are pretty, are pretty damn sick. I feel like a lot of people have talked about the Last Wishes Organized Hate uh, record. Uh, I know that uh, in a version of uh, the Scopies that um, 185 Miles South did, they did their own kind of award show. I think Last Wishes uh, won in respect to like the album artwork, which is badass. Would love to have that on a banner. Uh, but that that LP has been uh, lauded, and they, I feel like they played the U.S. quite a bit for a band from the U.K. Uh, and then, of course, one of my favorites, uh, "Morning Disenlightenment." I think that's just fucking beautiful hardcore scripture in my brain. I feel like when I talked about it on here last time, I feel like I was almost close to tears. It just—I don't know why. I did. I, I fucking love that kind of hardcore, and just the this is a beautiful record. Yeah. Um, when I think about this list, um, obviously the, the Canadian picks are the ones that come to mind and I have a little bit of bias there. Um, it's been a really cool to see prowl make their great return. I think, I think so many people were like prowl is one of the best, one of the best Canadian bands of all time. And to see them just come out with this record that they've been sitting on like a golden egg, um and come out strong with tours and uh playing festivals it has been really really cool um punitive damage as well a band that started really um early in kind of like just before the COVID times and then 
having this record come out right after and just been super busy on tour and again playing fest so that's been really cool to see so obviously i have a little bit of bias for the the canadian picks on this list but a lot of great records here jordan would you please list all the nominees and declare our winner for this category the 2022 scopey nominees for lp of the year international are last wishes with organized hate malevolence with malicious intent mourning with disenlightenment outright with keep you warm outstand with worth worse than before prowl with the forgotten realms punitive damage with this is the blackout and rake off with observing madness and the winner is last wishes with organized hate okay okay no i i I can definitely see that because um I don't know when you hop back on from your your bathroom break, but like they've really been playing the states quite a bit, and I feel like they've been lauded on a lot of different podcasts for just like that style of like heavy hardcore that they're doing. So mm-hmm. not terribly surprised, although I did think punitive damage was going to come out on top. Yeah, I think there would be multiple times where I'd be at fests and I would see Last Wishes shirt. And I kind of did a double take and the double take was that's a UK band. Mm -hmm. And so like to see that in Canada or even parts of of the States, it was like, oh, this is not like, this is not your pain of truth, like fucking merch bundle that I got, you know, whatever. It's like that you paid international shipping to rep that shit. (laughs) So um, you can't can't see it uh, in the camera, but like I have my last wishes hoodie in the closet. I mean, (laughs) Do they fuck, they're fucking that good to pay the international shipping. Um, how close was that race, Jordan? So Last Wishes had 33% of the votes with 143. Mm. And then second, third, and fourth place were all three votes within each other. Oh. Ooh. Malevolence okay. had 93 votes. Mourning had 92 votes. And Punitive Damage had 90 votes. Wow. Trying to clinch that silver medal. Damn. Okay. I'm really surprised about that morning wasn't a clear, like, silver winner. Because I feel like that record is just, like, it's it's phenomenal. I feel like it was built up, like, the single releases, like, were good choices. And from their record last year, I feel like it should have been an easy steal for silver, but... Maybe people are sleeping on it. If you are, don't. <laughs> the fucking point. I see you sleeping. I don't see you sleeping on it. Don't do that. <laughs> well, mad, mad shout out to Last Wishes. Um, congratulations for uh, having LP of the Year International. Um, you know, if you haven't, go go listen to that. Um, this We're at the end. This is the one for all the fucking marbles. Not all the marbles, but arguably the biggest marble um, to get. We have LP of the Year USA. It was fucking difficult to... to we tried to have the big set categories be eight, and there was a lot of taking this off and trying to move this in, and then we put it out, and people were like, how could you not put blah, 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 and this and this? So it was extremely difficult to get it down to just eight, but I am confident that all these eight 
at least two or three have hit most people's top 10 list when they're we've they've been posting it um and for for multiple reasons um my personal um the one that i voted for personally was gridirons no good at goodbyes the fact that a band is coming out that has that beatdown style that is you know well established but adding like literally like just bar spit after bar spit um i think that's gonna have an effect on a lot of other bands that are starting to just like think about lyrical writing a little bit more from like a hip hop flow kind of standpoint versus just like trying to scream and be super growly. Um, I've listened to that record front to back so many goddamn times. Um, And that band and going back to the flow spitting, the fact that Matt doesn't back down from that and like skip certain lines. He, every time I've seen them play Mm -hmm. delivery after delivery, so they've been a personal pick of mine, but all these have been awesome. Um, Jack and Jordan, I want you to, you know, talk about one that you're most excited by personally. I think, uh, I mean, I, I picked Gridiron as well, because like, it, to me, it's undeniable. But another one that I can talk about here is the Downfall record, uh, Behind the Curtain. Um, I really enjoy, well, one of the biggest thrills in life for me as far as like music goes is like having a band release music uh like over a period of time and me going from like kind of feeling iffy about it to like really loving what they're doing and this is this is that that record for me because like i the the demo and like the the past release uh they did back i think in 2018 2019 it, it was fine but i think this lp is just like a huge step up and to see them in that their their duo of killing pace just like whenever they play a show they're just fucking taking over shit it's just beautiful i i happened to see them at uh the christmas show in, in richmond at the warehouse and it was fucking just it was mad it, it, it's good to see people moshing like they have no remorse <laughs> no, no, no personal respect <laughs> for other people there um and i i just think it's cool to see Richmond hardcore still pumping out good shit because they all there's there's never been a period that I can think of where they're not doing something cool down there. So mm-hmm. major back to downfall. Uh Jordan. Uh I definitely was leaning towards uh the inclination record. Um I'm not personally straight edge, but a lot of people in my life are. And just like that album just is insane from front to back. I think I've it only came out what a month or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've listened to it about 20, 30 times. Mm. Just like front to back. Um yeah, no, it's insane. Getting to yeah. see them live too really helped out with that too. A- absolutely. Um that was you know, I think this section we had people pick at max three, and I think inclination was mine as mine as well. And I said this on Isaac's interview, but like I haven't had a straight edge record that's felt as someone who isn't straight edge has felt inspired by, by their, by their work. So, um, yes, shout out to all the inclinations ins trying to create all these, these words to describe just a group of people. The inclinators. Inclinators. Yes. Put that on a t-shirt, Isaac. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, but it is interesting to to have a nominee for from a record that's only a few months old to you know the top of the list being Age of Apocalypse, where that record came out in January. So, a mm-hmm. um, lot of good stuff. But this is the crown jewel of of titles uh, for awards to give out. So, extended drum roll, um, Jordan. Please read off the nominees. The 2022 Scopey nominees for LP of the Year, USA, Age of Apocalypse with Grim Wisdom, Combust with Another Life, Downfall with Behind the Curtain, Fleshwater with We're Not Here to Be Loved, Gridiron with No Good at Goodbyes, Inclination with Unaltered Perspective, Simulacra with The Infection Spreads, and Terror with Pain into Power. And the winner is Gridiron with No Good at Goodbyes. Let's go, baby! Thank goodness. My God. I was we worried. in the motherfucking trench. And we have arised. You know what that means, though, right? It means that you, after the pod's over, you need to drink a Diet Coke in honor. <laughs> Everyone listening to the podcast right now, bust the, those celebratory Diet Cokes. And then, again, second, third, and fourth are all within seven votes of each other. Oh, shit. Okay. Late on us. Uh, first, I think that Inclination Fan should be called The Inclined. Okay. <laughs> that sounds pretty... Uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds like a little bit like Ivy League-ish. I kind of like that. Uh, Fleshwater is in second with 113 votes. Wow. Okay. Terror is in third with 110 votes. Mm-hmm. And then inclination is in fourth with 106 votes. Damn. So the gap from gridiron to the to the rest of those was how many? Uh 154 to 113. Okay. So that's like 40. But that's still 41 like 41 votes. Yeah, yeah. Damn. That's that it was the last was it the no. It was the last one that had such a close race for second. Damn, that's crazy. I didn't really think that, like, I know that Fleshwater gets a lot of, like, of hype, like, well-deserved hype, but I didn't think it was going to beat up Terror. Because people are saying that, like, Pain Into Power is one of the best Terror albums in a hot second. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just crazy uh, to to think that. So, and I've been sleeping on the Fleshwater uh, record, too, so maybe I just need to, like, sit down. I am not. I haven't even touched it yet. So if it's if it's second, uh, I got to do some fucking research. But uh, wow. Shout the fuck out to everyone from the PA to the D. Gridiron, no good at goodbyes is your LP of the year for the USA. Um, drink a Diet Coke today to celebrate. Um, I love to see that. Um, let's do a quick recap of every single main scopey winner so we have demo of the year going to weapon fucking x um content creator of the year we have hate five six split of the year we have keep it real and recognize crossover event of the year we have hate five six and rage against the machine ep of the year is speed game called speed LP of the Year International is Last Wishes Organized Hate. And finally, 
Gridiron, no good at goodbyes, LP of the year, USA. What a fucking stacked bunch of award winners. Um, thank you, everyone uh, who voted. You know, everyone who didn't vote, you know clearly that there was close fucking races for a lot of these um, second and third spots. So, um, you know, sucks to suck. But, uh, you know, maybe you'll maybe you'll step up next year. Um, yeah, it's 2022. Gr great fucking year for hardcore. Um, 2023 is going to be no less. Um, we'll definitely be doing the Scopies 2023 yet again. Um, trying to scale up this shit and doing things a little bit more fancier every single time. Uh, Jack, any other final thoughts before we go? Uh, I just think that like, just seeing the first cool year, um, back since the pandemic is great to see that like all the hype and all like the passion and energy that got injected in like mid 2021 is still there and that we have a lot to look forward to. Like you mentioned the drain record, really excited to see what that's going to be like the Jesus peace record. There's a lot, there's a lot of cool shit that's going to happen. And I'm already like trying to rack my brain up like what's going to make it into the Scopies next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I hope my new band admission of guilt will be in consideration for demo of the year. Cause we're dropping it the first week of January. So that, that'll be interesting. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to all the award winners. Shout out to anyone who was nominated. Shout out to anyone who just helped make this year. Awesome. Um, Scopey's best hardcore award show. Uh, no cap. Um, Hope you have a wonderful New Year's celebration, whatever you're up to, and we'll see you in 2023.